1: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto each of you from God our Father and our Lord and King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. True and humble King, hailed by the crowd as Messiah, grant us the faith to know you and love you, that we may be found beside you on the way of the cross, which is the path of glory. Amen. Our reading for this Palm Sunday is from Mark, chapter 8, verses 14 through 21. Now, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out! Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? Palm Sunday, especially in the midst of this pandemic and all the craziness that the world seems to be held to, it seems as though Palm Sunday has come quickly to us. Now, throughout the season of Lent and into this Holy Week, we have been looking at the events of the Lord's Passion from different perspectives, through the lenses of different eyes, if you will. Misjudging eyes, which can't discern the proper place of good works as the fruit of the faith God has given us, not the root which gives the faith. Betraying eyes, which are turned in on self and away from Christ, looking only to satisfy the sin that constantly lurks for opportunity for us to betray our Lord. Sleepy eyes, which so easily close as we neglect the gift of our faith and enter into a languid torpor, unresponsive to the work Jesus is doing to and for us. Denying eyes, of which no amount of disguising will hide them as the lying eyes through which we tell ourselves, We would never disavow our Lord, despite all the times that we have. Murderous eyes, which so easily condemn and disparage others and invite God's righteous wrath to come upon us. And worldly eyes, which prize earthly honors and accolades and miss the focus on Christ ushering in his kingdom, which will consummate in a new heaven and a new earth. Now, hopefully, as we continue in this endeavor, we will, like Saul, turn to Paul, have the scales from our sinful eyes fall away that we might live out the life God has set for us with opened eyes. Eyes that by the gift of faith behold his word and sacraments and take in the forgiveness and light and life that Christ gives to us as pure gift. Now, of course, on Palm Sunday, in our regular service, we hear of Jesus entering Jerusalem. Uh, We do the reading out of John, where the people saw him as the king for whom they had been waiting. Now, they had seen him perform miracles and heal people. Some had seen him raise Lazarus from the dead. And so, the enthusiasm they had was not completely unwarranted. And they wanted others to see this king as well. As they laid out their coats and waved palms for the king coming into the city, humble riding on a donkey, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. But were their eyes deceiving them? I mean, isn't a conquering king supposed to come in on a stallion with a sword in hand? With a crown of gold and sparkling with jewels? were their eyes opened to what was truly going on? How about the disciples? Surely they were excited at the prospect of moving up in the world, being part of the council of this triumphant king, the king they thought would be coronated as conqueror of their Roman oppressors, ushering in a kingdom which they would help to rule. And so, we come to our gospel reading from Mark, which, as it turns out, is... And we're not really so out of place here. I mean, if we see it rightly. Jesus and his disciples were in a boat together after a day of feeding people at more than 4,000 and wrangling with the Pharisees who were already plotting to have him killed. And amid all that, the disciples forgot their own bread. And despite seeing Jesus feed the 4,000 plus, they seemed to not have eyes opened to see that a shortage of food was no problem for Jesus. They remained blind to Jesus' true identity. Now here I cannot help but also see our epistle lesson and the prayer that Paul has for the church in Ephesus and beloved for us. He says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What a gift we've been given if our eyes were just open to it. The Holy Spirit, through word and sacrament, gives wisdom and reveals the Father and the Son that we would know the one who has created, redeemed, and sustains us. Paul's prayer is that the, quote, eyes of your hearts would be enlightened. Now, beloved, in biblical language, the heart is the seat of thought and will, not emotions. The light is God's realm, and the light is God's realm, and apart from Christ, people, that's you and I, we are darkened in our understanding, but through baptism, we are brought into the light. We're reminded of a story Sadhu Sundar Singh he is the Sikh who was converted and became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ he tells of a Buddhist monk he met in Tibet who had lived five or six years in a dark cave now when he went in his eyesight was good but gradually in the darkness of the cave his eyes grew weaker till he was totally blind how often have we felt like we were in the dark stuck in a cave, hmm, quarantined at home, surrounded by the darkness of the world's machinations, not studying His Word, neglecting His sacraments, unable to perceive what God was or is doing to and for us, even in the midst of His blessing toward us, even in the light of our baptisms. This world, our flesh, and the devil... See, but do not perceive. They have us turning a blind eye to what God has done for us in Jesus. Our sin would have us, like the disciples in that boat, focus on only having one loaf of bread and taking our eyes off of the one who provides the bread of life, the one who is the bread of life. This is where the disciples found themselves fidgeting around with one loaf of bread, wondering what they were going to do, oblivious to the one in the boat with them who would give his very body as the bread, they and we would eat for life. And so we hear Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, well, twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand As Jesus heads to Jerusalem, he is heading for a coronation, but not of the kind that the disciples and others set their sights upon, not of the kind that we would like to see. Jesus, the righteous one, was to be coronated on the cross, mocked and derided, bloodied and battered, even so coronated as the sovereign of the kingdom of grace. We hear in 2 Corinthians, Paul says this, he says, For our sake the Father made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Beloved, what we need to have our eyes open to is the fact that Jesus took upon himself our status and standing before God's righteous court. He was declared guilty of all the sin and evil in this world that we, you and I, would be declared righteous before the Father. Dr. Martin Luther calls this the glorious exchange, our sinfulness for his righteousness. This work of Jesus, this glorious exchange, alters our perspective. It opens our eyes. I'm reminded of another story uh, of a shoe manufacturer who decided to open the Congo market, and he sent two salesmen to the undeveloped territory Now, one salesman uh, sent a message back, and it said, prospects here are nil. No one wears shoes. Now, the other salesman saw it differently and reported, market potential is terrific. Everyone needs shoes. (laughs) Beloved, everyone needs Jesus. And because we have him, we can live our lives in joy and peace And join the psalmist in declaring to everyone that Jesus is our salvation, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you humbled yourself in taking the form of a servant, and in obedience died on the cross for our salvation. Give us the mind to follow you and to proclaim you as Lord and King. To the glory of God the Father. Amen.